You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are going to continue the upgrades and modifications conversation, but this time with a different guest. Today we're going to be talking with Byron Horton. Now, Byron is the host of the Whitetail Experience Podcast right here on the Sportsman's Empire, and it's it's funny about like what I'm about to say. Byron is a serious bow hunter, right? He is he's like at the top when it comes to the seriousness level, okay? And he's very particular about his gear. And so it was confusing to me why he told me he sold his truck and what he plans to do and the ve- the new vehicle that he plans to use on his hunting trips. And I can just imagine this vehicle, if I close my eyes, I can imagine this vehicle pulling in to the parking lot of some, you know, some public land and the other hunters see it and they're like, well, this guy's not a threat. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it is a, a fun episode. I think Byron and I are kind of in the same boat at this point. Like we have just about everything that we need, right? We've, we've collected and curated a a whole bunch of gear over the years and so now we have found what we really like and there's not much sway from those things now you'll hear him talk about upgrading or I shouldn't not really upgrading but messing around with traditional archery uh, and how he plans to hunt using traditional archery we talk a little bit about clothing we talk about e-bikes we talk about uh, trailer hitches we talk about man, what are some of the other things you'll have to just listen to find out uh, before we get into today's episode though I'm gonna do some commercials here Let's see, today we are tethered, tethered. So tethered is a saddle company. Everybody knows this. Um, They make awesome saddles, like very well-built saddles. They make very well-built climbing sticks, platforms, and then all the saddle hunting accessories that you need. If you are looking to become a better saddle hunter, or you want shortcuts or tips and tricks on how to use a saddle properly or maybe mod them out like Byron does, you need to go check out any type of tethered media. And what I mean by that is their website, their YouTube channel, their social pages, uh, and there's a they've created a community of people who love to share that type of information. So uh, go check out Tethered and... Uh, uh, tetherednation.com is their website and and if you are serious about taking that next step and becoming ultra mobile with a, a saddle you need to definitely go check out tethered in the community that they've built so uh, next on the list is hunt stand okay if you are looking or it, maybe you're not even looking but i'll tell you this a hunting app is in my book these days is almost a necessity and the reason i say that is because imagine imagine you didn't have that and you had to go buy like a map like a, a physical map in your hand you're you're guessing where you're at the gps dot on your phone when you're using hunt stand shows you exactly where you're at and so uh it is really it's almost a necessity at this point, especially when you're traversing public lands and you got to try to find 
Uh, I mean, even private ground. You got to know where the boundaries are. You got to know where, I don't know, uh, water sources are. You got to know where the pinch points are. And you can do that all just by e-scouting right on the map, right? The cool thing about HuntStand is that they upgrade their, their, uh, their satellite imagery every month or close to every month. And so you're getting the most up-to-date data. You're getting the most, uh, the best view of vegetation on the trees, uh, what that terrain looks like both in the winter and in the summer. And uh, you can see the contrast there. But uh, on top of that, they also have a, like tons of other functionality that I will say, go to huntstand.com, read up on all the functionality. While you're there, also check out the new Pro Whitetail platform upgrade that they have available. If you're a serious whitetail hunter, uh, it's a must-have. So huntstand.com, go check it out. And that's it. If you guys have any questions about Tethered or HuntStand, please go out and uh, or please reach out to me via Instagram, and I'll, I'll do my best to help you answer those questions. So uh, that is today's intro. Those were the commercials. Fun episode with Byron. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. Today's guest on the Hunting Gear Podcast, Mr. Byron Horton of the Whitetail Experience Podcast. Mr. Horton, how are we doing today? We're doing well, Dan. Doing good? It is. Yeah, I just got back from Minnesota last weekend. Did a little like turkey, uh, not really hunting, but I filmed a turkey hunt. Yeah. And uh, caught some. Caught my first trout. Nice. And it is spring here. Like the weather's turned. I feel like we are on the up and up. Yeah. You're wearing a hoodie. I'm wearing a hoodie. I, what two weeks ago it was like 90 or last week at one point it was 90 degrees and so here in iowa and so it's that springtime fluctuation going back and forth did you do you get out and look for mushrooms at all no i have not been in the turkey woods in my home state actually uh too many home projects and the fact of the midnight runner i've been taking my uh my two-year-old as far as in the night shift is concerned yeah so the midnight runner it, it, is he still getting out of bed every night? Uh, less frequent for sure. And like put downs are easier, but there have been a few nights where like we're in this screaming battle of he needs his animals tucked in a certain way. And dude, there's nothing more than I want to pull out a pocket knife and gut all these stuffed <laughs> animals that are sitting in there. Father of the year, Byron Horton. Uh, <laughs> just imagine how big of an impact that would be where, you know, like some guy come becomes real successful and they're like, so what was the moment in your life when you realized you had to quit screwing around and you know, it was time to get serious. The guy's like, that's a funny story. My dad took a pocket knife and he gutted all of my stuffed animals. And I knew right then and there that it was time for me to change my ways. <laughs> Dude, it'll be a 45-minute battle of, like, the bunny's got to be able to see the tiger. And you're like, dude, these guys don't care what the yeah. – like, really? Yep, yep. But what if the tiger eats the bunny? Have you ever asked him those t types of questions? <laughs> that is a good conversation. There's also a T-Rex in there. I feel oh. like he would rule them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Well, it is, like, it's that time of year – and I had a, a episode similar to what we're going to talk about, about upgrading, uh, talking about new gear, uh, talking about what we're trying to accomplish in the, uh, you know, as far as our gear list is concerned, if we're going to change anything, if we're going to upgrade. I had a little bit of a conversation like that last week, and you hunt a little bit different than me. You hunt a little bit different than the last guy who was on the podcast, so I wanted to get you brought in, and you're also very budget conscious when it comes to hunting gear and equipment, and so I'm just going to kind of cast the wide net here and, and ask you, before the season starts, do you have any big purchases that you plan on making? So I did just make a, a big purchase. I, I bought a stick bow. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, and I, it was not cheap. What'd and you go then with? you also have, 
Uh, I have a Striker RK1. Ooh, yeah, buddy. So Striker is an Ohio company. A little bit of self pride there. Yep. But um, the riser is is a similar riser grip to one of my favorite compounds, uh, New Breed Archery, which is no longer even around. Mm -hmm. But that riser angle and grip is the same from the compound that I used to shoot back in the day. And, and in fact, the New Breed Blade is still my backup bow. Okay. Um, so like. Yeah, I'm, and damn, we're three days into it. Maybe I've got over a hundred arrows at this point, but like, had to buy arrows. Had to had the guy play with some insert system to to get my my point weight to fly a little bit better there mm -hmm. at the shop. So, you know, not only did I buy a bow, then I bought a you know a half a dozen arrows. I'm probably going to buy another half dozen, and I'll probably buy a 3D target this year. Yeah, yeah. And so, as of right now, are you splitting arrows yet? You you Robin Hood yet? <laughs> no, no, not even close. Like, uh, I'm shooting seven yards for the most point. I okay. think this morning I stepped back to ten, and like I'm not gonna go full send into trad life. Like, yeah, uh, I'm I'm reserving the trump card of if I get a booner on camera, I'm definitely ditching the stick bow. Yeah, but my thought is maybe I'll stick bow hunt in October this year, and then I'll grab the the more efficient weapon come November when I'm you know uh the season's coming to a close it's it's getting to a point where the encounter may happen at, at a higher percent but in five years if i do this every october i'll have five months of stick bow hunting experience and i gotta believe that being i'll just be a better deer hunter because yeah. everything is so much more magnified with the stick yeah how much did all that run you so far jumping into a grandish thousand dollars and that includes the arrows yeah, now I could have maybe found the bow used and cut three or four hundred dollars off that, but it's a model that's not very popular and people don't flip them mm -hmm. as much. So that that's the the thing. Like you can go buy like last year's uh, Matthews flagship bow pretty easily because yeah. so many people bought them and they flip them. But like. Yeah that particular stick bow doesn't get flipped as much and striker's a good brand too so i would guess that guys who spend that type of money on a trad bow keep it long like long time yeah yeah maybe i'm yeah i've had those guys on the podcast actually before to talk about it and the process that they go through to build their 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 stick bows is quite impressive i mean it's very detailed it's a very small like it's a small but mighty type of organization and uh process that they they put into it and uh i think the some of the guys who originally started the company if they're still not making the bows their sons are or you know like the person that they taught like the second person down is making all the bows so it's uh i like those those types of companies yeah exactly now dan i uh i said i gotta buy a 3d target do you have a recommendation there this is yeah. your oh. yeah man i i'm just gonna say reinhardt from my experience reinhardt's number one take the most abuse they're they're weather resistant to a certain point like i've put my uh, I, I i got two reinhardts in the backyard um they're the booner buck two booner bucks i got one in on my back property line and then 10 yards further down is another one so i can shoot and i got a little bit of an angle on my hill so i can shoot 20 and 30 or i can shoot 30 and 40 or you know and so on so i have a 10 yard stagger and so man they're really durable the, the the way that they're put together they are you know you can throw off over 500 grain arrow down at them and they're not going to knock over they're not going to fall over other brands that i've used in the past just man one arrow into it at the right point at the right angle the whole thing falls apart so now you got to get these big long decking screws and you got to screw in through the chest to try to hold the insert in and then it fall you know and then over time that loosens up and you know the whole i feel like on uh the the one that i'm talking about it it took its fair share of arrows but 
it's still not anywhere close to the amount. I mean, this is going on three years, four years of heavy shooting at these targets, and they're still taking arrows. And they're still, you know, some of them in the right spot, an arrow will go through, but all I got to do is kind of rotate it in, you know, rotate it, and it will, it'll, or shoot at it a little bit back and put a little sticker on the thing, and now that's my, my target. And, and from a weather standpoint, they've held up to the weather very well. And so I'm just, I'm just kind of a, a huge fan of Morell's, excuse me, uh, I'm sorry, of Reinhardt's. Uh, outside of that, I've had a couple Morell's. Uh, they were like the stuffed bag. Those, if you have an insert on your arrow, uh, sometimes that, that mesh webbing, arrow goes through and there's like a pop. And that pop, is that mesh webbing connecting on the insert. And so I've lost a couple inserts from that type of repetitiveness. Uh, and and then, the all, you know, if it rains and you forget to take the bag in, it fills, up, it fills up, and then that inside starts to expand and it pokes through, and it's just, I don't know. Uh, so long story short, I suggest you get a Reinhardt. All right, I'll move that to the uh, research list, if yeah, you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, and off-air, I'll tell you which one to not get. To, to definitely not. do not get this brand. And I don't want to talk shit on anybody today. I'm feeling positive, so I'll just do it off-air. <laughs> um, all right, so so that's going to in- increase, right? Because depending on what target, you know, could be 100 200 300 bucks, depending on the target that you that you pick up. They have the caribou or the elk or the bull moose. Uh, they might even have a Sasquatch. You could, your, your boy would like that. Get the Sasquatch uh, target. Yeah, that's true. So now you're starting to stack up a little bit, you know, and you're in that uh, 1300 range, potentially uh, another half dozen arrows. What arrows are you going with? Um, so they are the Easton, I think legacy, I believe is the, the model type. And it just kind of came down to what the shop had that fit the traditional setup. There's not as many options out there, uh, at most shops. Uh, I was yeah. fortunate enough to go to a shop that, um, uh, oh, a stick bow shooter works at. And so like, I got a lesson for an hour and we set up my bow. So, oh, nice. you know. Yeah, and and you know if a if a shop's a little better class, uh, which this one is, Attaboy's Archery, like I'm okay with spending a little money at the shop, yeah. you know, because that goes to them, that goes to their, the they stay in business. Uh, it, it's one of those things I feel okay spending money there. Yeah, I feel you. And then, are those arrows specifically for trad bows, or could, is there a crossover to the compound world world with those? Well, I they do come like. Uh, fletched with feathers mm-hmm. so like yeah I, they might even be a touch too big for like if you were shooting a whisker biscuit or drop away there might be some contact like i don't I, i'm not gonna speak out of it but they are like they look like wooden grain but it's a carbon arrow underneath yep um and obviously with feathers like they're set up for trabos like i do think that that's what what its target is if you will for that particular make model yeah and so what kind of restraints have you put on yourself saying i need to do this by this date in order to feel comfortable taking that bow out into the woods and trying to kill something with it yeah i think 15 yards um and i'm i'm saying i've got to hit five out of five arrows within i'm gonna say a softball like that's that's pretty solid like i can go and and I'm calling this this style of hunting like a Comanche mode for October, where I need to be yeah. scouting. Yep. I think I'm only going to take two sticks. Um, I'm going to take a very small tree stand that I probably would not hunt with in the rut when I would be sitting longer hours, kind of thing. Right. And I just I just want to have fun. I've I've minimized down my filming setup to I'm thinking about taking a arm arm down from two segments to one. I got this smaller fluid head that is even half the weight of my current setup. But I, I kind of want what I call like a like some Comanche hunts where I'm just in the woods, yes, fully like scouting, fully engaged, and, and I got the stick bow that's lighter to carry than the compound. Like that, that's kind of what I think I want for October, maybe next year. 
that and the fact that and I, I said this, I think on the last podcast or uh, another podcast where we talked about traditional archery, I definitely see myself going down that route at some point. But the people who are getting the job done, like uh, I, with a, a stick bow, dude, that is just badass. It is such a badass. Like, uh, who's the guy? Uh, Jesus, I, I he's I know him, uh, but I, I forget his name. Uh, the, uh, Jared Schaefer, right from yeah, White White, yeah. White Tail Adrenaline. That's what he does with his stick bow is badass. Period. And yeah. so, and so the only thing that I can compare it to is in rugby, really the only thing you would wear is a nut cup and a mouth guard and that's it. There's no helmets or anything, but some guys would wear scrum hats, uh, if they didn't want to get beat up on their ears or, or things like that, which is like a soft helmet, <laughs> and we would make fun of them a little bit. And so just imagine how badass. like, I don't know, like nobody's making fun of Jared. Right. Like yeah. he, the dude is just, he, number one, he's slaying and he's doing it with a stick bow. And yeah. that's like the pinnacle of archery. If you ask me. Yeah. It, to me too. Like I am giving greatness a chance. If you yes. Will, yes. Where like I could shoot like a stud buck with a stick bow at 10 yards. And like at that point, like that's a trump card in any conversation. Exactly. Like, but it's like getting a chance to shoot a game winning shot. Like yeah. you can never be the hero if you don't take the shot. Exactly. Yeah. Just imagine, and I know guys out there, I know a guy who killed like a 380 bull with a stick bow. Uh, and he packed it out himself, and he, he's a solo hunter. He does it, he does it all by himself. And, and, like, and so when it comes to like that solo hunt, now, now you're solo, now you're on public land, now you're on stick bow, like stories just don't get better than that. Right. They're like when it comes to telling a hunting story, I, how would I go? Well, I hunt, I hunt private land in Iowa with a compound. Like the story can't be beat that. I don't know. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And like in five years, what if like two years from now, I turn up the biggest buck of my life Yeah. and I'm picking an ambush point on November 5th. If I've got experience where that ambush point needs to be within 15 yards, like I think yep. you're just gonna read it better if yep. you if you put it all on the line where you're like, yeah, my kill radius is 15 yards, and I've got this bigger 60 limb inch bow, and I got to be tucked in. Like you're just gonna be more dialed, right? Right, right. I mean, that's how I, my goal when it comes to like saddle setups and tree stand setups is to get 10 yards. Like I, I want a 10 yard shot. I want mm -hmm. I want the the to be broadside at the closest possible uh, closest range possible. That's how I don't set up off anything. I want to be right on the dot in my setups. But that's more strategy. Um, I get you know the gear obviously helps you be selective and uh, in in that. But outside of your bow, your arrows, your target, any any other purchases or new gear that you plan on picking up before the season starts. Hmm. Let's see here. Um, I gotta get a. I have a hitch hauler, but I gotta get a hitch put on the the mom mobile. I'll be driving this year, and I, I sold my pickup truck, so I'll probably actually look to rig that thing up pretty solid. You know, maybe have some extra back storage for that. And, and like I said, I gotta get a hitch put on for a hitch hauler. As far as like closing layers, anything there. When Man, you say pretty... when you say mom mobile, are you gonna put a hitch on like a Dodge Caravan? <laughs> uh not much, not much better. <laughs> uh, for 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 financial reasons and uh, looking ahead to the future, I right. am I am definitely driving a vehicle that screams I go to Starbucks. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, but but that that is also setting up a farm down payment. So oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. Well. Hey, you can take the seats out or fold the seats down in a lot of those vehicles and you can put a deer in the back on a tarp. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I have the jet sled too that can contain some of the juices and blood. But yep. uh, yeah, I got to get that thing kind of ready to go. Um, I don't think I've got anything 
last year I did do some testing for for XOP, and so like I know my mobile setup coming yeah. this fall, it's not going to change, right? Um, which is nice. Uh, I'll probably I'll buy some sort of aider system for my Comanche hunts when I'm only taking two sticks because I yeah. do want to get stupid high per stick. And so there's a couple companies that have emerged on the market, obviously that specialize in like very cool aftermarket aiders that like tuck into themselves. And um, you you had a guy on from from Genesis 3D printing stuff like those guys make. Right, right. So I will be looking to maximize those two sticks. Um, and so yeah, if, if anybody out there listening, sign it in my DMs because that is <laughs> that is going on right now. Uh, gear like clothing. Any upgrades to the clothing? Uh, I, I caught a podcast, um, from, uh, fleet mm-hmm. that they've on their YouTube, he teased several new gear items and one is a windproof fleece jacket. Mm-hmm. And I just got to believe my current windproof fleece jacket is, is not near that quality that I, I believe that that one's going to be. Yeah. Um, so I will probably do that. I like, you know, I kind of like what I like as far as uh, clothing, and I, I do like fleece for the quiet factor. And you add Windstop yeah. to it, which rewind, I don't know, mid-2000s, I was rocking a fleece that if it blew over eight miles an hour, it was just flying right through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Um, when it I, – I don't – I'm not – I'm familiar with uh, fleets base layers not the rest of their uh, equipment. So it's been a while since I've tested out any other stuff. Uh, their, their base layers were a bit itchy, but they, they kept warm. They kept me, you know, they, they, did, they did exactly what Merino's supposed to do. And so uh, my only experience was the, uh, was the base layers that they sent me. Outside of that, this year, uh, I'm going to be messing around with some Huntworth uh, camo or the Huntworth brand. Okay. Nice camo. I'm not sure how familiar you are with them, but according to my research, they are Sitka for the working man. And so it's, it is that kind of quality, but at a more affordable price. And so I've been, I've been looking into it a little bit and seeing what I, what I, you know, what I could pick up for my Western type, type hunts that could cross over. Cause I really like to focus on gear these days where I could use them in both situations. I can use it in a Western hunt, like a spot and stock where I'm in South Dakota or, you know, this year, I'm still waiting to hear back from Kansas on a hunt, which that's going to just be a saddle slash tree stand hunt. Uh, and if I go down there, I'm also going to try to hit Oklahoma while I'm down there. And so I don't know what what I'm going to be picking up from Huntworth, but I feel like I need here. I, I have a pretty much a really good uh, base layers already. I have... I, I like the shell jacket or the, uh, not the shell jacket, the ins- the Eddie Bauer insulation layer that I have, the puffy jacket. And then I'm looking for something to get over top of that. That's where I want my windproof. So I want some kind of fleece windproof jacket. They have a couple options in a couple different camo patterns. And so I'm looking to get like a, a shell jacket with a hood potentially you know you know the pockets in the right spots to put you know range finder grunt call that kind of stuff so that's it everything else is pretty much dialed in i'm going to be picking up more socks this year um i'm going to also be probably be buying another pair of boots like hiking boots Uh, i don't use rubber boots and then more socks more boots and then I've made the decision last week. I said, screw it. I'm going to keep my same bow. And then I'm going to take it into the shop and just get new strings on it. And that's it. Yeah. that. I think there's something to that uh, as far as keeping the same bow. I, I, I do. I talked to a guy who, who's pretty dialed and, you know, being so familiar with your shooting system. I think there's a, there's a win there. There's, yeah. there's familiarity. 
I, I like that. I, 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 yeah, when I can and when I do that, I, I like it. And if I don't have to change strings, you're so much ahead of the game. Come yeah. literally April, turkey season's over. You can start shooting your bow. Yep. Yep. Um, there was something I was going to ask you. Uh, oh, you talked about socks. I just blew, I think, like $130 on like five or six pairs of yeah. like better wool socks. Yep. Which, um, what brain did you go with? So, Altera, dude, they ch- swish, swish. You just did, you nailed it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Those socks are badass. The prevails. I got so I dude, I loaded up. I okay. got the the Explorer, which is a a, a little bit lighter than lighter, the prevails. Yep, yep. And then I got a couple pairs of the prevails as well. And like I I bought a pair, a couple pairs like six years ago, and I've just, I mean, they're six years old. They, yep. They've seen some miles, and I was like, they, they had a show special at the Deer and Turkey Expo, I don't know, 10 15% off website price. And I was like, well, at that, I'm going to buy four or five pairs. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not cheap. They're, they're what, 20 to $30 a pop, depending on what model. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was like, okay, at this rate, I I don't want to be searching for socks November 4th when I just wore a pair of the, the prior day. And I'm like, I only have two pairs of Prevails now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to go to the drawer. There's already a pair or two in there. Yeah. Dude, something about those socks that I really like is, number one, my feet do not get sweaty in them hardly ever. And that's in that's in Western heat. Okay? So, there's there was a couple days where in the morning it was cool. So, I put on my my prevails and then you know it gets hotter throughout the day i'm not going back to the truck i didn't have an extra pair of socks with me and my feet never got sweaty me they they may have got a little warm but those are so good at wicking moisture away second uh, i stepped in a uh, like a creek crossing a like a creek uh, when i was out there one boot got wet uh, one sock got wet and so I had another pair of uh, another pair of boots there, and so I hung that sock up in the, while I was sleeping, and it dried. You know, you wring it out, and it dried overnight. And so not only not only does it wick moisture away, but they dry extremely fast if for some reason they do get wet. And uh, and that is a product that brand right there. I don't know why I'm getting this fired up about socks. But that brand right there has made me a, like, I'm not going to go really look anywhere else. If I want to buy some wool socks or alpaca socks, I'm, I'm going to uh, Altera straight up. Yeah. Like, they're that good. And I know the owner, and he's a pretty cool guy. So why not? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've bought one other pair uh, from a competitive brand. And I, they were nice, but like I didn't think they were as as good as the Alteras. Yeah, I have a I I have a pair of darn tough wool socks that I also wear a lot. But now that now that Altera has those Explorers, which is the lighter style of sock, I feel like I'm just going to load up on those. Get you know get some of those. So um, that's man, that's it. I, I don't I, – oh, I talked about this last week. I'm, I'm going to buy a new or another backup battery for my e-bike. But other than that, man, this is this is kind of a, a low-key year for me as far as what I would call spending. I'm not – I'm spending to replace, not necessarily to upgrade this year. Yeah. Did you uh, plan on using the e-bike to get the deer out the woods? I remember we had talked – Oh, yeah last about adding a jet sled and like a mini tow rope yeah as an option or maybe some sort of sliding device yeah i can see on on not on my main farm but on the new farm that i have access to if it rains a lot there's about a hundred yards of the two track that i don't think i could drive on i would be able to drive on and so until it gets to this grass and so once i get to the grass i'd be fine but I could see myself having to drag that deer in wet, like in a wet condition only, you know, the half mile to my truck, maybe even a little, yeah, I would say about a half mile, half mile to my truck to where, uh, 
I could actually get the truck somewhere to get to get it. But um, I have I have a sled sitting in a garage in, in a little garage at my mom's house that I could use or uh, a kid's sled, a kid's sled, kids, you know, like a, a toboggan type deal. I've done that before. And that seems to, to work fine. But as far as pulling something, I don't know how it would work in, until I try it. So maybe I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll load the kids up on the sled and pull them in the bike and see how, how much weight I can get away with. I feel like our uh, the, the listening audience needs like a reel, like an Instagram reel yep. to follow up on that this yep. conversation because that, that's a legit concern or a huge win for the e-bike community, right? If yeah. like you know it can pull, let's just call it a 200-pound gutted deer, like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, me personally, like I never see myself at this point owning a four-wheeler. Yeah. Um, I may get access to ground, hunt other places. The e-bike, it stores way smaller profile in a shed or garage. Mm -hmm. Loading it is way easier mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, just a hitch bike system on the back of your vehicle or in the, the bed of a tailgate. Like, I always thought I'd, I'd own a four-wheeler at some point in my life because I'd have ground to, to need it. And now I'm... I, I bet I, I never end up with a four-wheeler purchase. Yeah. The the issue that I ran into with an e-bike was I bought mine, and I had stipulations on what I could buy. Number one, I, I wanted it for access. And so that meant I, I had to, um, it, I didn't really want to carry too much stuff, even though I probably could with the model that I have. But I also, in order to make it publicly and illegal, in some some of these scenarios, I had to have a motor that was 750 watts. A thousand is too high, yeah. right? I had to have the ability to disconnect the throttle, so that makes it a class one, uh, a class yeah, a class one e-bike. And so, on certain public lands, class one is legal, meaning you don't you have to pedal for the motor to be engaged. You have to pedal. You, the throttle has to be disconnected and okay. you, you can't use it. So that that's a class one, which makes it legal on at, at least the states that I've researched. Like Iowa, I don't think Iowa really has a law. Nebraska really doesn't have a an e-bike law per se. So, so every state has a different rule. Every piece of ground, whether it's state or Corps of Engineers or uh, BLM or forestry or gas uh, grassland, they all have different rules on e-bikes. So I just wish there, in, in, in some instances, the state says, oh yeah, dude, e-bike at any size, e-bike at any size is legal. But then the federal ground in that state has its own rules. Right, because federal ground does have some different rules. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And even state ground has different rules. So there it's very if it's very gray right now. And so it's it, like I don't think uh conservation officers are really doing too much about it. Is that oh, a, is that a trespasser? No, that is a doe on the back of just a regular mountain bike. Oh, perfect. Perfect. We 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 have done it, but that clip has never seen the light of day cuz it's it's very obvious where you are. Yeah. But we have hunted places where, like, oh, let's take a bike even, like, 400 yards because yeah. it's so much easier. Yeah. But, yeah, getting deer out is very possible, I, I feel like. with You had a motor to that, right? We got yeah. it out with a pedal power bike. Yeah, absolutely. And the point I'm trying to make here is I wish states, like, I feel like I'm taking advantage of a loophole kind kind of in a way only because there's no black and there's nothing black and white right now. And so I feel like the state, like an e, the e-bike community or the e-bike, uh, what, whoever the, the people in charge are and the States need to come and go here is uh, it's just basically yes or no. Yes. It's yes. It's good here. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. And, and get it straightened out. So people, people know, I know a couple people who are just like a hundred percent anti e-bike and they're like, if you, if you need an e-bike, then, you know, you need to, you need to hunt closer to your truck or whatever, whatever the situation. Meanwhile, sure. I went back six miles this year, six miles 
in like 40 minutes. It was it was beautiful. Beautiful to get oh, yeah. far, that far back. Yeah, I mean, we have ground here where it's like ATV friendly. Like, yeah. so, so you, you can you can easily buy passes for certain places and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I I hear you on the the state definitely needs to adapt and just uh, black and white it. Yep. Don't don't make any guesswork. Yep, fact fact. And so outside of that, you know, outside of an extra battery. I think I'm good for the year, man. I think uh, this is going to be a this is going to be kind of a a chill year, and I think I I'm going to have like I'm in a in in a chill five year period. I think I'm in I'm in it right now because I don't see other than maybe a new bow next year or the year after. I don't think I'm going to be buying too much gear in the upcoming years. Maybe add a, a trail camera. Uh, here and there as my old tra- trail cameras start to fizzle out but yeah th- there's always upkeep items i feel like yeah. we just talked about stocks you know stuff yep. comes along where you like it breaks i need a new one or yeah arrows same thing if you, you yeah. lose one or break a few like you kind of got to maintain a certain level yep absolutely absolutely i got a stack of arrows uh, up here in the storage room next to my office that i'm just going to take them in i'm going to strip I'm going to strip the uh, current veins on them. I'm going to put new, uh, new fletchings on and, uh, and they're going to, I got new air, you know, I got pretty much brand new arrows again. And so it's going to be really, you know, I think they charge me $2 per arrow to fletch them. And, and so let me ask you this question. Have you ever thought about buying a bow press or uh, arrow fletching kit? to to start doing any of that yourself so i have done the arrow fletching thing mm-hmm. um back in the day that was uh a little easier to do you could sit in front of the tv and glue your own fletchings you, you get the lower tier because it's, it's just not i don't know yeah. didn't do a good enough job right right um as far as messing with archery equipment at a higher level and needing a bow press like i i think i'm out on that i think yeah. i'd rather i'd rather be doing other things and, and money and time and, and learning that craft yeah like i'd rather go fishing i'd rather maybe go yeah. shoot some guns like yeah there's just other things that I, I i got a much higher priority on yeah yeah do you have a you know i, I think you mentioned the four wheeler, you know, you're, you're kind of on the fence about whether or not you're going to get a four wheeler, but are there any, like, I wish I had the money for this type of products that, you know, obviously it's a no go right now, but if I don't know, work throws you a big bonus or some, or somehow you get a big raise or, you know, your, your, your grandma goes, Hey, here's this much money. Like any, any type of gear, that you you would upgrade on yeah i mean uh as far as maybe a maybe my 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 firearm setup is not as dialed as it could be like i have an 870 with a field barreled slug like or a field barrel on it you know for shooting pheasants turkey stuff like that i don't have like the 870 like rifled barrel or i could go straight wall cartridge Uh, i've thought about maybe the 350 legend because it's from what i've read it's a very low recoil gun and very like uh it could be for my son mm-hmm. if you will and we could double dip with it because i think there's companies like mossberg maybe even savage as well where they have like replaceable stock pads on the back end to like make it bigger so yep. like i could hand it to him in like five six years and i could hunt with it now and have something that's definitely upgraded from my 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 classic firearm 870 right now i take my muzzleloader a lot of times yeah um if i'm gun hunting yeah okay yeah i don't own i own a mossberg i i just happened to find another one when i was cleaning my closet out um (laughs) so my i have my mossberg 20 gauge it has a built-in choke in it that thing has killed a lot of turkeys and, and and pheasants throughout the years i have a single shot I don't even know if there's a brand name on it, on, on it. It's a single shot, 20 gauge, you know, it just folds down, throw the slug in, mm-hmm. folds back up. And then 
man, I forget the name of it, but it's made in Italy. It is a over under shotgun that Sarah, my wife, Sarah, her uncle gave to us uh, as kind of a, a gift. And he's like, I don't use it here. Maybe you guys can use it. It's a 12 gauge over under. It's gorgeous. It's like an, yeah. it's not like necessarily an antique piece, but it was made in the sixties. And so it's a, it's a sweet looking gun. And I feel like I'm going to, I need to take it in and do it justice and get it cleaned and get it, uh, uh, inspected to make sure everything's working properly and then go out and do something with it. Like whether it's just skeet shooting or, I mean, it looks like it could be the world's best skeet shooting gun. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I would, if, if, if I, I was handed a big check, I'd probably get a few fire army type things like a, like a single shot 410 that's like ultra light. Yeah. For, for I, I used to squirrel hunt a lot back in the day, but like I know the 410 with the oh, TTS pellets is popular for turkey now. Yeah. Um, with some of its abilities, I think would be cool to have. Um, I, uh, I'd probably get a real nice 1911. Like I have like, I thought at this point in my life I'd have a few more firearms, but I get yeah. head over heels into, into bow hunting right. like 10, 10 years ago. So. Right. I will. I, I also want one of those closets. Have, have you have you seen the movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Where uh, I don't think so. Okay, so you got to watch it. There's a part where in Commando, he breaks into this gun store, and there's a room with just everything in it, like rocket launchers and like just a variety of different, like all these, like, I guess you would call them assault weapons. They're not, you know, the, the loose term there, but all these crazy, like automatic shotguns and things. I can, I, if I had the money, I want a room like that. Like I want an apocalypse, apocalypse room in my, where I'm not like, I'm not ever going to run out of ammo. Like I, I would be, I would be ready for, the police force if they came knocking with all their, all their stuff. So I would love to have, I would love to have some kind of room like that, but that's more of a dream. And I don't shoot guns enough to justify spending that type of money. I, I just got a flashback of the matrix. You, you, yeah. you had mentioned the Arnold Sorzy movie. Oh yeah. Like me, my generation, I, I feel like the matrix where he steps in there and like these sliding shelves come oh, out of nowhere yep. and, Yep. Pick and choose like 500 different things. But yep. yeah, I'd have me, I'd have me some more fun toys if I stumbled upon a large sump of cash. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I heard, uh, do you have a boat, like a John boat? Uh, I have a canoe. I had a John boat at one point in my life and, and sold it and kind of regret it. Okay. That's another thing that I'm thinking about picking up is just a very small, river not not mississippi river but small river boat i can get shallow i can go i can you know put in somewhere put upstream put downstream and 100 percent for access and it wouldn't be for fishing it wouldn't it might be for running bank poles if i have the boat i would want to do that run bank poles and and access routes uh, take it down to Oklahoma or take it down to Kansas. And, you know, a lot of those places have rivers that run through them. And so, uh, you know, put it in and take it up, take it upstream and just anchor it to the side, get back in, turn it around, like something, something real small. And uh, I don't do a lot of it right now, but I feel like if I had a boat, I, I would definitely start doing it. Yeah. I killed a doe back in the day on a John boat. Um, and then me and the guys I hunt with, I have the canoe, but like, you know, if somebody yeah. wants to use it for a particular hunt, they can. And uh, we may or may not use it a little more than we let on. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you this. Back in the day, I bought that John boat for, I think, 250 bucks. I had a, a deep cycle battery I, I got for free, and I, I bought a $100 tro trolling motor. And I didn't have no money back in the day, but me and my current wife, we used to go fishing, and I used to lay a piece of... Uh, plywood between the first and, and and middle seat and she would tan and i would cruise around on this john boat bass fishing <laughs> in the summer and for like no money i was redneck yacht clubbing it up Hell and, yeah. and yeah buying a john boat like and i flipped it you know i sold it for the same money i had 
into yep. it. Now I've heard obviously when you get into higher end boats, all they are is money pits. But yeah, I feel like the John boat, you can, you you're not going to lose too much, and it's it's a it's a cool toy. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Lucas Psycho, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he told me that one of his goals in life is to use a jet ski to go into some of this public backdoor, some of this public on a jet ski, kill a deer and somehow get it out on a jet ski. If I ever see that happen, I don't know if, if that story could be topped. Yeah. I shot it. You know, I shot it at, what was your access route? Well, I had a Polaris jet ski or a sea do and I went up this backwater and you know, that would be, that would be something to see. Now, so I don't have the most jet ski experience, but like, you get pretty soaked on them. Like, you'd have to have a good system or maybe a big enough uh, jet ski, right, that it would, that you wouldn't get water. And I got to think you got your backpack on you, mm -hmm. tree stand and bow mounted to. Yep. Like, but it's totally doable. Yeah, I don't see it being like a stand-up jet ski that they you see in the '80s movies, but more yeah. of a, a bigger sit-down jet ski. And I don't, you know. Unless it's really choppy or you're, there's a lot of boat traffic, I don't think you're getting too terribly wet unless you want okay. to. And so, big old, you know, maybe a big pair of rubber boots or some uh, some gators. You're gonna... Yeah, you could do duck hunting waders on your drive. And exactly. Just exactly. And you'd be money. You'd be fine. Hey, let's do it. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. I'll just for, buy... for the gram, we're doing it. We're going to buy a jet ski. Here we go. Byron, man, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day today to hop on here and BS with us. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, hope, hopefully all of your uh, purchasing that you do comes easy and you make the right decisions for this upcoming season. That's right, Dan.